Happy New Year, all my little darklings around the world. We are here. It is 2024, and you're tuned into the very best in Paranormal Talk Radio. I'm Dave Schrader. This is the Paranormal 60, and you're here on a very special night. Not only do we have two amazing guests, but you're here to celebrate with me my 18th anniversary of Paranormal Radio. It was this night, January 1st, 2006, I began my journey into the strange and supernatural, speaking about ghosts. So let's continue that journey tonight as we go on an expedition in search of entities, encountering entities. Next, our guests, Allie Krause and Larry Eisler III, join me tonight right here on the Paranormal 60. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't float. He doesn't stand for baloney. Good evening, friends. Thank you so much for being here with me. Yeah, I can't believe that last night on the New Year's Eve show, I did not mention the import of today's show. 18 years behind the microphone discussing the paranormal. And so many of you have been along with me on that journey. So thank you and happy anniversary to you as well for continuing to tune in and explore the fascinating and strange unseen world around us. This year has been an amazing year, making new friends, traveling the world, getting a chance to see people, meet people, greet people, experience the paranormal in ways I had never done before. And through those journeys, I was able to uh, introduce myself to some people in the field that have things going on with amazing stories of their own. And that's what we're going to discuss tonight a little bit later on in the program. Larry Eisler III will join us. He is from Expedition Entity on the Paraflick network and we'll talk to him about uh the new season which is uh airing and we'll also talk about the past his experiences with the paranormal and ghosts and more but first up joining me is a refreshing breath of fresh air a nice woman that i had a chance to meet out at a few of the paranormal conferences this year she'll also be hosting her own paracon this year and she is here to discuss her strange sightings with the supernatural ladies and gentlemen help me welcome to the paranormal 60 Allie Krause. Hello, Allie. Good evening. Hi, Dan. Dave. I'm oh, sorry. Dan? Did you just call me Dan? Oh my God, I'm so no, old. No, Hi, I, was, I have like a cross thought because I was going to be like, happy anniversary. And then, hi. Dan. But, yeah. Hi, Dad came out. Hi, Dad. <laughs> it, all, it all worked. Surprise, everybody. I'm introducing you to another child we didn't know I had. Would that even be a surprise at this point? <laughs> Allie, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. First of all, you do have a conference coming up. Why don't you tell people about it and how they can yeah. attend and uh, the information behind it? I do. On February 18th at Crucible Madison, I am putting on the very first, um, through my promotion company, Alley K Promotions Madtown Paranormal Expo. We are going to have a lot of familiar faces there that um, I'm sure you know a lot of people around the Midwest would know. As far as vendors, we got psychics, we got Reiki masters, we have crystal dealers, we have, you know, whole nine yards, great people. Mm -hmm. And um, we also have Larry Eisler from Exhibition Entity and Dan Norville from Exhibition Entity. They both have their own separate uh, workshops. So uh, Dan is doing the dousing rod workshop. And you'll get your own set of dowsing rods for attending that workshop. Nice. Um, and also, Larry is doing Paranormal 101, just like a real basic tutorial on how to get started in investigating. And, yeah, there's a vendor fair. And there's also an after party with bands. So, yeah, there's quite a bit going on that day. No, we do have. <laughs> We do have a link up for Allie on today's program guide. And if you follow that link, you'll find more information about the conference, mm -hmm. the dates, the times, how to get tickets and be a part of that. So get into the game instead of just yeah. sitting here listening to stories, go on out and experience <laughs> and learn from people that yeah. have been doing this. Allie, you have 
uh, some strange experiences throughout your life. Uh, how old were you when the paranormal was first introduced to you? Well, I uh, I kind of grew up as they they said that like the indigo children. I was one of them. I I had a lot of experiences as a kid. And, and now, listeners, that. real quickly, listeners that are new to the paranormal or perhaps even old to the paranormal and not familiar with the term indigo kid or an indigo child, can you? Explain that. Explore it a little further for everybody. Um, it's just one of the the children that I mean, most a lot of children are able to <laughs> see entities and things mm -hmm. when they're younger, and a lot of times they'll grow out of it, or you know, just it doesn't carry on forever. But um, I saw them since as my first memories, you know, I saw various things and it never left me. So it's, uh, it's evolved maybe in a few ways, but, um, so indigo children being children that retain the ability to continue to see the spirit realm mm -hmm. and entertain the supernatural. You said you remember from a very early age, were you frightened when you first started having these experiences or because there was no basis to understand life or death? It, right. It I don't, like I don't remember being, frightened. you know, like I, I don't think I understood. I, I thought they were real people. So there was a house I lived on and well, I'm from Rhinelander, Wisconsin. So the very first experience I remember having was in uh, the yellow house, I call it up on Eagle street. And there was things walking around all over the place, like, you know, and kids. And there's uh, actually my sister, Abby would, walk hand in hand with things down the stairs too. Like we all like saw it <laughs> hmm. um, and it evolved a little bit over the years, but yeah. <laughs> were, the, were the spirits, do you feel that these were disincarnate souls as in they once lived and walked on this planet? Or do you believe that they are just beings that coexist, but on a different level? Like they're not the dead per se. They're just, living in a different realm sure. to, to be right next to what we're doing. All right. Um, I think I've come across almost all of those things. Um, plus some, I mean, there was some that didn't seem to be conscious at all. It was more of just like a repetitive, you know, doing the same thing all the time. You know, you really couldn't communicate with it. It was just always happening. And it didn't skip a beat. And then there was the ones that did talk back. And then there was things that um, I don't, I'm not convinced that they were ever human. <laughs> okay. So I feel like there was a, a little bit of a mix, but it's hard to tell, you know, if they were being honest or not, right. <laughs> you know, well, you know, that's an interesting point because one thing that I consider is, all right, if you are a being, an interdimensional or multidimensional being, mm -hmm. and you can witness us, the human race, and realize how we react to things that look out of the ordinary, yeah. would if you had the abilities to shapeshift, to try to take on a, a visage that was more acceptable by the people you're trying to communicate to, does that necessarily mm -hmm. make them evil because they're being a trickster and taking on that guys, or are they simply trying to blend in and be accepted? What do you think from your own experiences? Um, I, for me, I feel like evil has a feel, whether it be a living human or otherwise, it mm -hmm. has like this heaviness. And I think that tricksters are a little different. Like you can, a lot of times hear them laughing. You can feel them laughing. They're, they try to, you know, fool you, but okay. eventually they kind of come through as not being children. I think there's adults, entities that pose as children from time to time. Now, you and your sister both share this ability. Are there other mm -hmm. children in your household as well that could see and experience these things? Mm -hmm. um, my daughter used to, and okay. she is... She still does sometimes. She she recalls some things, but uh, I think I'm the oldest of four girls, mm -hmm. and every single one of us has had an experience. Now, of all the sisters, mm -hmm. 
you said there'd be times you'd look and down the stairs would come your sister holding hands with some kind of spirit or entity. Did you ever not see the spirits they could see and vice versa? They couldn't see the spirits that you were uh, being witness to. Um, yes. I mean, I, I didn't see when Abby, she would walk down the stairs with uh, quite often in the yellow house. Um, but when we moved to the blue house, that was a far more active house. And that's when we started really seeing things like uh, I was in high school by that time. And Abby is eight years younger than me. And she, my dad lives in Portland, Oregon. And I would go and visit him often. And I was out there and uh, my mom woke up and she was, she's like, I'm talking to Allie. She's in the bathroom. And she's like, no, she's not. She's, she's by her dad right now. And she's like, no, she's right there and would point. And she saw me constantly. So I was, that was weird. <laughs> and hmm. um, so, but she was super young. And I sometimes wonder like if she saw something that was projecting as me or if I was like in an astral projection type of situation. But this house was also the house that we had a, you know, 30 year old roommate in the basement who left because there was an entity that was when Lee Malone. And then um, there was a time when I think I was like a freshman at this time, freshman, sophomore year, I was asleep and my mom like opened my door. She's like, you need to be in bed. And I woke up and I'm like, I am, I'm asleep. I'm in bed. And my chair went flying across the room. And oh, then wow. there was another one. Yep. <laughs> okay. And then there was another instance where there's, you know, those like oil lamp things, like you put the candle under it and you put like the essential oils in it. Right. Um, we walked in the house one time. No one had lit anything like we were gone <laughs> and the, it wasn't hot or anything. It wasn't lit, but the thing like exploded onto the ceiling when we walked in the house. That was weird. So the blue house was pretty nuts. <laughs> Could the spirits in your home see each other as well? Um, I guess the blue house is a, one of the places I, I didn't see anything. It was always like right beyond my peripheral kind of thing. Um, but I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I think there was more than one. And I do believe there was communication because the roommate I talked about was uh, he he saw his friend that passed, but there's I don't think that's who it was. I think it was more of a projection. Mm -hmm. And and when he saw him, he was talking to somebody else that also wasn't like in the actual room as far as living. When <sighs> these darker entities and beings would be there, mm. would the other spirits stay away or were they there witnessing what was going on as well? Um, I believe that with the blue house anyways, there was, there was a child that was not inside the house, but on the property. Mm -hmm. And there was like this little, we, when we moved in there, there was like this little playhouse and Abby would go out there and play with this little girl all the time. Like just love doing it. And she would never come in the house. And then there was, um, instances like the basement, where there was definitely the one entity, but there was something else upstairs. So they seemed to communicate on the stairs. Mm -hmm. And God, it's so, so hard to verbalize. But, but, <laughs> like, but the stairs <laughs> seem like a center point, almost like a nexus. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, I hate the word portal all the time, but it seems like that might be. Mm -hmm the right way to discuss this. Uh, so the, the yeah. stairway appeared to be some entry point from that existence to ours. I, I feel like there was something going on there. Like there was something happening between the stairs and the upstairs. Like they could still get back and forth, but there was like communication that happened, you know, like, and you could hear it sometimes. Um, another place that stands out, where I, I heard that it's, I don't know. It's kind of like a offset radio sound is what I remember, you know, mm -hmm. like kind of hearing radio from a, a distance. You can't quite make it out, but you can hear it. Right. Um, the Paulding light. Have you heard of uh, Paulding, Michigan? Yes. Yeah. 
there is this like ravine there that, and there's like a water flow that right towards the bottom. And that was a, probably the number one experience I had there other than light itself. It's always there, but there was like this radio frequency that I could hear at all times. And then uh, one time, like, back in high school we went through the woods and there was like a grand piano back there and Hmm. there's been a lot of weird stuff (laughs) now are you saying physical (laughs) items or spiritual like a like a ghost piano no it's it was there it's there i don't know if it's there anymore but yeah we have a question here from laura for you she says did you ever see their faces change ali in other words did it initially appear childlike but then appear different like other faces being superimposed over top a human face. Um, there was the one, the little girl, I, she looked like a real child. I mean, it was hard to decipher, but that was the one that Abby liked to hang out with. And I can't remember her face. Like I had a hard time remembering her face at all. It, I, yeah, I, I think. Now when you think, maybe, yeah. When you think back to the times that you did have communication, mm-hmm. would these spirits speak to you like I am, their mouth moving, vocalization coming out, or was there a knowing, like you telepathically were receiving the messages and words from these beings? I guess like most of the time it was nonverbal. You know, like I would, I could make eye contact even, but it was more of things being told to me in my head. Mm-hmm. Um but there's been a few incidences where it was verbal <laughs> and okay. they said my name, like correct pronunciation and everything. Like my name is hard to pronounce. It's like Alicia Krause, which always gets mispronounced as Alicia Krause. <laughs> right. And, and it was very personal. You know, it was in a way that was super personal. You know, have, just, you ever, have you ever felt threatened by the energies and these entities that surround you? Um, n- no. One time, yes. There's been a few times, I guess. Well, as long as you're clear on it. No, yes. <laughs> Maybe once in a while, um, all the time, yeah. Um, not when I was a kid, okay. which is interesting. Not when I was a kid. Um, but yes, in my adulthood, I've had a few incidences that are... A little freaky. All right. Well, we can't just skip on that now. We need <laughs> more, Allie. So talk well, to me about these freaky moments for you. Um, one was not even a couple of years ago at a place in Baraboo that it's an Al Capone haunt. And they, it's Old Baraboo Wind. They have a pole downstairs that mm-hmm. um, I was told right up front, don't touch the pole. I'm like, okay. No intentions of touching the pole. Actually, I was filming for another TV show. And I went down there and I kind of like just snapped out for a minute. And when I came to it, like my hand was on the pole. <laughs> so, and there's still, you know, like there's a lot of history there. It's, I have a hard time talking about it to this day, but, um, and I'm not the only one who had experiences there, but this was before I was ever in um, a paranormal field like whatsoever. I was just hanging out. Um, that night I had to go to the emergency room because I couldn't stop throwing up. I had, every time I closed my eyes, there was like very clear visual faces and I'm talking like five, six different rotating faces Mm. behind my eyes that were, I could make out every detail from hairline to eye color to everything. And the weird thing is when I went to the, <laughs> to the emergency room and told them like, Hey, I was at haunted place tonight. And I, I gave them the whole lowdown and they weren't even surprised. <laughs> really? So that, yeah. So that was even more ironic. Um, Were they, had they heard stories and have had people come in there before that had been to the, uh, old um, bear? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. They didn't tell me that, but. I I thought it was a little weird that they weren't questioning me or (laughs) like, Oh, okay. We've heard of this happening before. So I, I know that I'm not the only one that's had that experience Mm -hmm. and in that place in particular, but 
it has a dark history. Like that was a, a, a place where Al Capone would gamble and whatnot. And if somebody cheated him, he would take him down there and beat him up and, you know, who knows what else, but a lot of trauma happened on that pole and it's the original one. No so, kidding. And it, yeah. the, this is actually elements of what they believe to be truth. I mean, this isn't just an old uh, urban mm -hmm. legend regarding that pole and that area. No, no, that, that definitely happened. Definitely Let's happened. Uh, Brandon Crouch asks, when confronted with an entity, what is the best approach to communicate with it? Um, cautiously. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, I guess uh, my my best advice would be to make it known that they're not allowed to come with you out of whatever building you're in and uh, set boundaries before you communicate right away. Like mm -hmm. just saying you can't come in my body, you know, I'm going to communicate with you, but, you know, I have boundaries. So we have to keep this. Platonic. Yeah, I got <laughs> Platonic and simple. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, so, but setting boundaries with the spirits, telling them that they can communicate with you, just not through you mm -hmm. and, and setting that down. All right. Uh, another quick question. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had difficulties before? I've known other mediums to develop rashes. Me, I've had difficulty standing and walking from a negative space. Um, definitely. I mean, I've gotten sick. I've gotten, uh, I guess, muscle weakness has been something that's happened on more than one occasion, I think like when I am feeling uh, an entity, it's more of like a head rushy feeling. That's when I know it's there, but then it, you know, I, I don't know if it in my head, I create these boundaries to make sure that I'm kind of covering my grounds at least, but, sure. uh, but yeah, a lot of nausea <laughs> that happens quite a bit. Do you wish, uh, you would have grown up in a different way where you didn't have these abilities. Uh, I guess asking, is this a curse or a blessing to you? That is a great question. Um, I think most of the time it's a blessing. You know, I, I really do. Mm -hmm. As far as being a human and being able to tap into those things, but it does come with a certain set of, you know, we're, we're not able to always right. every wish there comes. Yeah. So yeah. there's a price. It's right. a double-edged sword, I guess. Very yeah. cool. Um, and, and I mean, I guess it is, and it isn't, it can be really <laughs> kind of unnerving as well. Uh, let me see. Captain Nina says, I think when you grow up haunted and with family that doesn't brush it under the rug, it eventually becomes normal rather than paranormal. It was never odd for someone to talk about an experience. Um, is that what happened for you? I mean, were your family yeah. pretty respectful of it? Um, thankfully, yes. I, you know, my mom knew from a certain age that I was able, I had a, some abilities and I was, and she honestly like really nurtured that in me. So it was, that's gotta be helpful. I mean, I can't imagine being, having that kind of suppressed and to have to deal with that because it, it is a lot. I mean, it's a almost an extra set of senses, you know, that yeah. it's it's way better to know how to deal with that, like how to um, embrace that without it hurting you because it can hurt you. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just kind of got to show it the respect that it deserves. Supernatural Inc. Technologies. I believe that's our buddy, Katie Stafford, or perhaps his wife, Katie Stafford, popping in. Good to see you, buddy. Happy New Year to you and yours. Uh, believing it is definitely a gift from God. Yeah. Paranormal Pixie says, rashes, headaches, nausea, and lots of other things like that. I get it, too, as a medium. See, yeah. I'd never heard that. The nausea and headaches, I understand. And I've, I've experienced that myself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now I'm going to start questioning every rash and weird thing <laughs> And uh, I know my wife will too. Where did you get that rash? Oh, honey, it's a ghost. Don't worry. It's just ghosts. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, thinking and hearing about how some people have to deal with the side effects of mm. an ability almost makes it seem like something I don't think I'd want. You know, I've been asked, I, I have developed some sensitivities to things. Uh, mm. I can't 
full ons. It's yeah, I just can't go in everywhere and see or sense ghosts. Um, it's it seems when they want to be noticed, I can tap in with them and sure. and have that kind of connection. And sometimes I'm left feeling extremely exhausted, but that's about the extent of it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a little headache or nausea from it. Uh, I'm I'm actually more worn out by the living. I can go to a conference and mm-hmm. engaging with people. I, I I just feel the energy bleeding out of me. And I, I'm not calling these mm-hmm. people vampires, but mm-hmm. that just seems to be more of a, a natural uh, siphon yeah. than the paranormal does. Sure. Um, now, you obviously you're out there and, and you're doing a, a paranormal conference coming mm-hmm. up. And you've got Larry and, and Dan that are going to be teaching different aspects of, of the investigative uh, techniques. Are you going to be doing anything yourself on helping people to understand abilities and how to protect themselves and shield themselves? Um, I plan on it in the future, for sure. I'm a tarot card reader, so that's something I do regularly. But for this, I'm also a promoter. And mm-hmm. I used to, or I still do, I, I've been promoting in the, the music scene for almost over a decade now. So when it comes to that, I'm like shifting into another alley, which is more of uh, just making sure everything goes smoothly and that people can have the best experiences with uh, you know, the people that are there to teach them things. And there's so many awesome people going to be there. Like Scotty Rourke too is going to be there. He's a Madison gem. And I just want to make sure everybody is able to get their answer, their, the answers to their questions. And so this one, I'm not doing too much. Do you gauge the intensity of the energy by physical effect on you? Have you ever controlled the exchange, meaning the nausea uh, mm-hmm. and had it lessen? Yeah. Um, I kind of go in with a certain expectation of a little bit of that happening. Mm-hmm. And I guess the only one that threw me off was the pole incident. And that was intense. That was a lot. Um, that's not the usual, like at all, but yeah, I kind of just set a bar where I'm expecting some sort of discomfort and that's okay. But, and it's not always discomfort. Sometimes it's just pretty easy and natural, you know, (laughs) and you just kind of show up and, and things really want to reach out to you. But sometimes I'm asking for communication a little bit more then and that's where it kind of gets physical i wonder do the spirits take on an effect from communicating with us like if we're getting an exchange of nausea i know some people will feel sick and then you find out mm. i was having a hard time breathing or my chest was really tight and then you find out the person that died died of emphysema or a heart mm. attack or were choked mm-hmm. to death, and it seems to correlate with that um but i wonder if in the exchange do we ever leave the spirit realm feel, feeling sick from the the energetic change. Have you ever noticed a change in the spirits that you're communicating with or or around? Do they seem to degrade or, or, you know, get more peaked as the, the longer the event takes place? Um, that's a good question. I, I guess I have irritated spirits before (laughs) where they didn't really want to. And I, I'm not a provoker at all, but I'd, I've been pushed out of places and so that I wasn't like told that I wasn't, I'm not sure if that's exactly why, but that would be a good reason. Allie, I was with you and Larry. It wasn't spirits. The bartender (laughs) just threw you out at that bar. and (laughs) Yeah. Well, nothing to do with the paranormal. Here's an interesting question. Um, Music (laughs) asks, I need to know if you guys think that people can see us when we astral project or remote view, I, you answer first. I'll go in second because I do have a thought on this. Thank you, music. What do you think? Um, I do too. The, and the reason why is because my sister saw me when I was across the country when I was 13 years old and she was like six. So mm-hmm. it was, that was weird. And she saw me in the bathroom. She had a full conversation with me. And, you know, even she said that was Allie. Like it was completely Allie. So it was either something mocking me or pretending it was me mimicking you right or i was astral projecting and i have had instances of astral projecting um since then but not not quite to that degree so i don't know but i feel like at this point it could be either way (laughs) 
I will say this. I've spoken to um, people that do remote viewing. Mm -hmm. Some claim to be able to see uh, astral projection, astral projectors. Mm -hmm. um, some people that are very fluent in astral projection have seen spirits and sure. the spirits seem to see them and interact. And they said that there's times that they have to be very careful because when they're in that astral plane, they're more of a beacon of light and can attract things to come mm -hmm. with them. And they have to be very cautious in those instances mm -hmm. uh, when we astral project. But yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting element to consider. Um, yeah. Katie wants to know, are you on social media? I am. Um, A-L-I-K-R-A-U-S-E, um, Facebook, Ali K Promotions Facebook. Um, on Instagram, I'm Ali K Music Madison. All right. Very cool. Well, we've uh, our time here is done. I wanted uh, to thank everybody uh, for stopping in and for uh, visiting with Ali. Yes, thank you. We're, we're going to say our, our goodbyes in a second. Uh, Larry will join us in just a few uh, as well. Greg Lawson up in just a minute here because it's time to do the drawing for his book for the winner. Allie, again, how can people find out more information about the upcoming conference and where is it? Um, that is on Facebook, Allie Krause. Um, also under Allie K Promotions, it's Allie K Promotions Madtown Paranormal Expo and February 18th. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's a few ways. <laughs> Very good. And we do have a link for that on today's program guide so you can check that out as well. Allie, Happy New Year and thank you for being Happy New Year, Dave. Of season three. Thank you. All right. Larry will be joining us in just a few moments. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not been watching the show, you are new to the program. Joining me now, one of our dear friends, part of the Paranormal 60 news crew, Greg Lawson, who is also a prolific author. Uh, he has written a new book called Messages from Mothman, Interpretations of Premonitions and Other Paranormal Experiences. And for the last month, month and a half, we've had a promotion going on. If you purchase the book, and send me a screen capture of the receipt. We will do a drawing tonight for you to win a signed copy of Greg's book. You'll win a signed copy of my book, The Other Side, and you'll be the first to receive a signed copy of my new book coming out at the end of January. So, Greg, we're here. You've received a lot of purchases of this new book. That's That's going to be exciting. All these people turning out to get a, a Greg Lawson book. Yeah, that was crazy. I was uh, really surprised, actually. Um, I really appreciate it, Dave. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, let me uh, come on over on this side, daughter. Uh, to keep this thing as fair and clear as I can, first of all, I want to show we've got uh, all these slips of paper in there with the names of the potential winners. Uh, there's over 50 names in this bag. And uh, I'm shaking them up, twisting them up. And then come on over here. Step in. She's she's shy. This is Ripley. And uh, I'd show them no, no sleeves, Ripley. Keep your hands above so everybody can see. You're going to reach into this bag without looking. Go ahead, reach in, shake it out. Let's see, just take one slip, one slip. Read that name out loud for us, Ripley. Jenny Ward. Jenny Ward. Jenny Ward. Is the winner of today's book. Now, just to let you guys know, yes, it's not just a bag full of all Jenny Wards. I mean, there's Jenny Ward, and uh, here's Jenny Ward. No, we've got. Pat, we've got uh, uh, Derek. So there were a bunch of different names. There's 50 different people in this bucket, uh, all these different people that are here. But Jenny Ward is the winner of the autographed copies of the book. And Greg, I know you wanted to, I'm going to take myself off the screen. I know you wanted to address the fans uh, for the support on this book. So please feel free. Yeah, I can't uh, thank everybody enough. Uh, I was really surprised once uh, Dave announced it that um that we had this many people it was a it was a huge hit so i really appreciate it um you can always find any of my stuff at theparanormaldetective.com or um authorgreglawson.com or greglawson.org cuz i apparently am an organization of some sort uh and and you can always find it there um i'm working on a new book that will be coming up in uh probably by, I'm going to say July of this year, July of, or, or, um, or August. And it's going to have to do with um, Amityville. And uh, I, I've talked to a lot of different people about it. I've talked to a lot of people that have been involved in Amityville. 
and uh, and actually one of the victims of Amityville, you could say. And so it should be should be kind of interesting uh, looking at it from a different perspective and and from the um, pre incidents uh, of what happened with the Lutz family. So it should be pretty interesting. Very cool. The book, uh, Messages from Mothman, is out and available. You can find them on Greg's website. You can find it on the links. We have the link on every episode, so you can go find the book. You can find ways to follow Greg and Tressa and everybody else that's a part of the show that wants to be found on social media is there. Uh, the book, Messages from Mothman, out and available now. Greg, congratulations. Uh, 50, 60 people joined in on this fun and bought the copies of your book. Um, Jenny Ward, you will be receiving a signed copy from Greg Lawson. You'll be receiving a signed copy of my two books, and uh, those will be shipping out uh, the new one when it's available at the end of the month. The other two should be coming relatively soon. And to all of you who participated, thank you very much. Now, do me a huge favor. Go and rate and review that book. Because that, would be that helps even more. If all of you just took 30 seconds of your time to go rate and review the book. That is the best possible way you can show your love for Greg, aside from buying the book, is rating Thanks. and reviewing it. Greg, thank you so much, buddy, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you, my friend. See you then. Take care. All right. Uh, we have just a little bit of business to do. Then we're going to Larry Eisler III, our next guest. We'll do that right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by better help. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. In winter's grasp, a chilling tale unfolds. Wanted Magazines, Issue 40, Secrets to be Told. Al Capone's ghost, in shadows it creeps. A spectral mobster, where darkness seeps. Fourteen signs of a poltergeist's might, haunting whispers in the silent night. Pascagoula UFO, fifty years gone by. A cosmic encounter, Reaching the sky, the ghost train of Tate Bridge echoes in the mist, a phantom journey where souls exist. Wanted Magazine Issue 40 is out now, available from selected outlets and bit.ly forward slash haunted magazine. Don't be normal, be paranormal. Innovation, creation. Vitality and joy are the pulse of MySoulTopia.com with many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and healing energies. 
MySoultopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm, which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoultopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoultopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. Offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry with prices to fit every budget. MySoultopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers. Expertly curated and award-winning book collections with top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. MySoultopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoultopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, MySoultopia.com. That's MySoultopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? MySoultopia.com. Again, that's M-Y-S-O-U-L-T-O-P-I-A.com. All right, we are back, and I'm watching your comments Greg, you better be careful. We have people asking for yet another round of this, but this time, if they win, you've got to go to their house dressed as a giant moth and massage them. I'm going to leave that up to Greg to decide if he's up for that task. Ladies and gentlemen, from Expedition Entity on Paraflix, joining us now, one of the lead investigators, Larry Eisler III. Larry, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to have you here. Uh, we've had a chance to cross paths a few times over the last year. I'm yeah. glad that we're able to finally sit down. Uh, is it, help me out, is it season three that just launched? We just finished season three. Uh, okay. We start filming season four actually just this last month here. And we're hoping to get the first episode out in the next month or two. Excellent. Very exciting. So for people that are unfamiliar with Expedition Entity, I'm going to pull myself down and give you a chance to focus and tell people all about this exciting series. Sure. Expedition Entity is, I don't want to say your typical investigation show, but it kind of is. We go out and we find haunted locations and we investigate them for paranormal activity. But it's a little more complicated than that because we don't want to go to the locations that everybody else has been to. You know, would I love to go to Waverly? Absolutely. Would I love to go to Bobby Mackey's? Absolutely. But everyone's been there. And the way that we decided to, to do Expedition Entity was to focus on the stories instead of the paranormal activity. So we want to tell stories about the spirits, about the locations, uh, places that people have never heard of or very little heard of, and, and try to bring that to the paranormal community and say, hey, listen, Yes, you can go to Waverly Hills, you can go to Eastern State, but check out Tinker Swiss Cottage in Rockford, Illinois. Check out Broadhead Manor. Check out, you know, the, the Rock Island YMCA. These these locations that are a little smaller, a little less well known, can still give you really great activity and also provide really great stories about the people who used to be there and are still there now. And that's great. I love when you can mix the element of history and mystery and give that uh, the, the credence that it needs because this, you know, the hauntings are so much more than just the ghostly apparitions that are seen and the knocking in the halls and the, you know, banging on the walls. Uh, talk to me about that. Tell, I want to hear about the fact of going into these places. Do you find that when you treat these locations with such um, respect that you get better response from the paranormal? Do they seem to to like the fact that you're there doing that and sharing a story as opposed to just trying to prove that they're there or not? Well, it's it's funny that you use the word respect because that's the that's the way we go at it. We think the, the very first thing that you have to do going into a location is be respectful because we always go into it thinking, if I were now a ghost, how would I feel if somebody walked into what I perceive to be my house and starts yelling at me, starts, you know, turn this light on, do this, do that, you know, and I wouldn't want to interact with you. I wouldn't want to answer your questions. 
So we always go in with respect for the spirits. And we have found that nine times out of 10, unless it's a grump, unless the spirit wants nothing to do with us and that's their normal MO, um, we do get great responses. We do get very intelligent answers. Or, you know, when we ask for taps, we get almost immediate taps. If, you know, we have a K2 laying across the room and we go, hey, can you bump that K2 up? We do get K2 responses. So, um, but a lot of it is how you phrase your questions. And, you know, when you start getting answers like, I'm tired, I'm done, you have to stop. When they're done, they're done. And then you go somewhere else and then, you know, try again later. And if they want to talk, they will. If they don't, they don't. But, you know, as long as we go in and we respect them, we've never really had a problem at all. How many cases have you filmed now total for Expedition Entity? Well, um, we have, I want to say, 17 episodes that are on Paraflix. Mm-hmm. And then one that's kind of in the oven right now, so 18. And then okay. seven from the first iteration of Expedition Entity that, that didn't make it over to Paraflex. So um, all told, you know, we, we've, got, we've got quite a bit out there. I've got a link for Larry in today's program guide as well so that you can find all the episodes and and keep up with them. Have you had a chance to revisit episodes um, that you've that you filmed in that first series that didn't uh, actually, make it over? Yeah. So one of the very very episodes that we did in our original YouTube run was Tinker Swiss Cottage. Um, and if you don't know anything about it, it's a really neat place. Uh, Robert Tinker built the cottage for his family. And it's in present day Rockford. So you know, it's, it's this Swiss chalet, I believe it is. Okay. Really neat place. But it is, I believe the director, Sam, said it's 98% single family owned artifacts with tens of thousands of them. This is okay. literally, you, you left your house and then 60 years later, they made it a museum. Your bed sheets, your pillows, your hairbrush. Well, maybe not your hairbrush, but somebody's hairbrush is now an artifact in a museum. So, you know, it, it's it's a very different place. When we went there originally, we spent a lot of time outside because the, the cottage, the cottage grounds now has a, a train track going through it. And during the time of the Spanish flu, hundreds and hundreds of soldiers laid out in the grounds because they had passed and they couldn't process them. So we were talking with the spirits that were outside the cottage and we were able to get over the SB7 Spanish flu when we asked how they died. And then all of a sudden, you know, Expedition Eddie changes gears. We go on to Paraflix and some of the people in the original production didn't want to sign the contract that would allow us to use their likeness. Oh, So we had to go back again. And this time when we went back, the weather didn't allow us to go outside. So we stayed mostly inside. And we had an interesting conversation with Robert Tinker about how portals work. He explained where the portals are in his house and how they use them to jump around to get tour guides so that they can mess with them. Just mayhem. So, so they're well aware of what they're doing and the ability. Did you, I know this is going to sound weird and obviously it's too late to go back now, but did you ever think to ask the spirits what the science is behind that? How how are they making those transitions? Is it a light tunnel? Is it instantaneous? Like they walk from one room into another uh, through those uh, those entry ports? As they described it, it's essentially a doorway. And they can take that doorway anywhere they want. Now, there just happens to be two in the building. There's one in the main library, which is mm-hmm. where the family spent a lot of their time. It's also where Robert Tinker handcrafted a spiral staircase out of a single piece of wood. Really, really neat. And the other is on the main stairway of the house. And when we started asking this question, Sam, the director, you know, was wondering, like, OK, wait a minute. Is there a certain step on the on the stairway where people get lightheaded? Yes, the, the dowsing rods, yes. Is that where the portal is? Yes. So now you people that are getting woozy when they're walking on this certain step, but we have a spirit telling us that's where the portal's at. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem to understand how it works themselves. They just know that they could use it and they can go wherever they want. 
So Third. that was a, that was a different one. I haven't had that experience. So now, having watched some of the episodes myself, I mean, obviously, as you said, you're you're heavy slant into the history, uh, less about the theatrics of some of the shows that have been seen out there when mm-hmm. it comes to what's taking place, but. Is there uh, a protocol in place should one of you be negatively affected by the energies in these places? Sure. And it's not something that you're... Um, There we go. (laughs) Lost you for a second there. Go ahead. As you know, Dave, sometimes you're on location for, you know, 17 hours, but you only see 10 minutes of that part. Right. So, you know, when we film, we try to keep things as true as we can. Every mm-hmm. session that you see, it's, it's broken up into five, six sessions. Those are our true start to finish sessions. You know, we didn't leave and come back and, and there's no sound effects or anything like that. That's us sitting down and investigating. But what happens after the session, if somebody gets sick, if somebody, you know, needs to take a break, most of the time that's not, that's not caught on camera. Um, because what we'll do is, you know, we have our home station where we have all the gear set up. We'll go back to there and, and start changing. Okay. Now we need the K2. Now we need an SB7. And that's when someone will go, Hey guys, I need a, I need a break. And then we just, we take a break. Um, but when we were at Broadhead, which is the episode that won us the telly award, um, uh, Jen, who, who was our cast member at the time, she was getting hit immediately. The, the very first session right out of the gate. Uh, at the end of the session, I cut the camera thinking that we were done, but she still had her microphone on recording. Mm-hmm. And then she goes out into the hallway and dry heaves on my microphone. Well, that's got to make oh. it in. <laughs> yeah. was, Nothing better for TV. Than... The funny thing is, is she goes, sorry, Larry. <laughs> like she knew, <laughs> she knew about the microphone. <sighs> But that was just the the very first session, the first part of the investigation, and she immediately gets hit. And we don't know what to do, so we take a little break. We give her some time, and we go, "Hey, you know, let's let's have the other guys do the next one. You sit this one out and just kind of chill." No, 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 no. I want to do it. So we go a little bit deeper into the investigation, and we get to the principal's room, which he's an old fashioned spirit. He likes things his way, his his very specific way, and. I think he does not like Jen because she's what we would describe as an alternative woman. You know, she wears leather. She has tattoos. She has piercings. She has short hair. You know, something that you wouldn't take kindly to 60 years ago. Sure. So uh, he immediately started picking on her to where not only did she feel nauseous again, but in the video, you can actually see her completely check out. Like she is gone. She's just staring off into nowhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, she goes, I, I got to get out of here. So she immediately stands up, takes a step and then goes woof straight forward. Oh, which the way that we had everything set up, um, the room is set up with a, 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 a couch and a TV stand. There was nowhere for me to stand except for in this one little spot between cameras. And it mm-hmm. happened to be the spot where if I wasn't there, Jen would have smashed her face on the TV stand. But instead, I'm just sitting like this, and I just catch her. And then and then we walk out, and, you know, the rest of the session, the, the principal's, you know, making Jenny Davis feeling sick and, and mouthing off to Dan and Bill, the owner. And, and after that, we're out in the hallway immediately after the session, and Jen's talking about how she felt like something was trying to crawl inside of her and and how she was legitimately scared. Normally that kind of stuff we don't film because it happens, you know, five, 10 minutes later, it just so happened at that moment, we were able to get it and it happens even, even in the most safest of places, which I believe broadhead manner to be a very safe place. I let my son who's 15 investigate there. So, you know, and he has a blast. He brings his friends. He has a great time, but, some spirits, they just, they don't like people. And the janitor, he doesn't tend to like women. The principal doesn't seem to like women. And when you ask him questions, he'll let you know, hey, I don't like this. You need to go. And if you don't, then they make you sick or pass out and almost smash your face. So it, it's, it's 
interesting to me, and let me announce to our Instagram followers that are watching and live streaming, uh, they only allow 60 minutes. Uh, we are getting close to that. It may go a little over. If you want to follow us over on YouTube on the Paranormal 60 channel, watch the live video as it's happening now. If we do go over that 60-minute span, you can keep up with the conversation there. Um, it makes me wonder, what are they disrupting in people to make them black out or to have these, these issues? Are they affecting the electrical circuits of our brain and heart? Are they, um, you know, I, I, I don't understand what exactly has taken place, but it is pretty strange that so many people could be that deeply and physically affected by the supernatural. So, uh, I, 13 plus years ago, Dan and I wrote a book, a theory book, and we've tried to bury it as best we can because it was self-published and the grammar and everything is atrocious. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in that theory book, we actually had a theory on how we think spirits could potentially have an effect on us. And I think it's micro radiation. I think the, the, the little burns we get on our arms, the, the nausea, the headaches, the, the vertigo could be trace amounts of radiation that they're able to affect us somehow. You know, maybe they're able to pinpoint a spot in your brain or something. And ever since we had that theory, we started incorporating things like Geiger counters. And we were able to not always get it to work. Sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes if you have the Geiger and the K2 next to each other, you'll see them both flicker at the same time. Mm. And EMF, electromagnetic uh, frequencies, it's the same thing as electromagnetic radiation. It, it's the same thing. So, okay. you know, there, there's something in there, but you need somebody way smarter than me, like Mike Ricksecker, to really sit down and develop it. Because I'm, I'm not as smart as that guy. Agreed. I, not that you're not as smart as Mike, but you're not as smart as Mike. Nobody's smart as Mike. I'm, I'm sure Mike doesn't even know how smart Mike is a lot of times. Uh, our buddy Mike Ricksecker, yeah. Um, all right. So I know time is fleeting, uh, and we're moving through this real quickly. Uh, Paraflix is the network, and you can find it on your Roku and Fire Sticks and things like that. You can download to a few dollars a month and it gives you access to all paranormal programming. You've got three seasons up on there now. You're out busy filming the fourth season. Uh, what can we look forward to in this new season? Are there any of the locations you can tease us with? I can tell you one, um, and it's because it's one that probably no one's ever heard of. And then that's what makes it fun. Um, mm -hmm. It's the Cherry Mine Disaster. In Cherry, Illinois, a, a coal mine caught fire and killed hundreds of miners. Hmm. And unfortunately, they've long since sealed the mine. And all we can do is get on the grounds around where the mine used to be. We can get to the cemetery where all the miners were buried. And um, it's it's almost forgotten by everybody but the town. The town is is very serious about remembering the mine disaster. Monuments and, and different things erected to, to celebrate the lives of the miners and to, to honor them. But outside of that, not many people know about it. You know, the, the Cherry Mine disaster was one of the reasons why we had the Bureau of Mines. And then that led into our current unions and labor department and all these safety regulations came from one of these disasters, specifically the Cherry Mine disaster. So, you know, it's these little pocket locations that nobody knows about. All of a sudden you show up and 200 years later, these guys have no one to talk to and now they want to talk to us. All right, listen, I need to know, and the listeners, you've had a chance to go to so many different locations. What is the most unsettling, frightening, scary, whatever you want to ascribe to the adjective to describe it, what is the most impactful, frightening moment you've ever experienced mm -hmm. in the paranormal area? Don't, I don't know if you know my partner, Dan. He and I have been almost exclusively investigating together for 14 years now. Uh, he's a big guy. He's, he's over 300 pounds. He's about 6'1", big guy. Mm -hmm. We were at a cemetery one night. Um, normally, we don't cross the threshold. We're always outside the cemetery unless the cemetery board gives us permission. In this case, uh, we were outside, and he had his hands like this over the chain link fence. And, and I'm talking with another investigator, and he's just kind of looking out over the cemetery. And all of a sudden, I see Dan's arms get pulled in. He goes up and over the fence 
by his arms. And the only reason he didn't go completely in is because his legs got caught on the top of the fence. Holy cow. And, and we're, again, we're Our talking about a pound guy lifted, pulled in over the fence. Over the fence. He got caught on his on his waist, on his jeans. And, you know, we, we pull him back. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? I didn't say heck, but what the heck are you doing? And he goes, it just pulled me in. So I look at his arms and he had handprints on both arms right here. And in about three-ish, four hours later, they're both gone. His arms? They yeah, fell yeah. off? That's terrifying, Larry. You seem so passive about this. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that, the the handprints hand on his gone? arms were, were gone. Were you so, able to capture photographs of those handprints while they no, were there? <laughs> no, we were just so out of our minds. Like, what the heck just happened? And even if we did, it was probably 12, 13 years ago. There'd be no way to know where those photographs are now. Right. I right. don't have uh, the, the organizational skills now. I didn't have those back then. <laughs> so I have like 75 terabytes of storage now. Back then I had a terabyte at best. Yeah. Remember when we thought 64 gig was going to be all we'd ever need? I remember 64 gigabyte cards thinking, I'll never fill this thing. No. My cameras shoot on two terabyte uh, solid state drives and I mm -hmm. fill them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you're getting great definition. Uh cool series. Thank you. Uh Larry, I want to thank you so much for your time tonight and spending a little bit of time here on the New Year's with us and uh sharing some of the insights regarding your show. Again, tell people about uh Paraflix and about your show Expedition Entity so those just tuning in can find it and uh and follow along in your adventures. Sure. Um as Dave said, we're Expedition Entity on Paraflix. Uh, we're one of the original series. And our award-winning episode for Broadhead Manor, the second floor, uh, it got us the Telly Award, which I think, Dave, you got one for... Was Were you involved with the um, Curse of Lizzie Borden? Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up because I know you guys took second place. We took first place. So I didn't want to be that guy. Uh, but I'll bring it up now. Yeah, we won the gold Telly that year. Listen. Only slightly edging out Expedition I'm Entity. I'm okay standing on the shoulders of giants. I'm okay <laughs> with that. I will gladly take second place. Excellent. But that episode is under a section on the Paraflix website called the Paranormal Channel. It is free to watch. You don't have to have a subscription. So anyone listening right now can go to Paraflix, um, go to the Paranormal Channel. It's a, it's a category, and we're going to be right there. You can watch everything on that, that section for free. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I have my own personal Facebook that I do th most things through because I find that uh, being verified on Facebook gives me more reach. They don't say that it does, but I right. found that it almost doubled my engagement. So I do a lot of stuff through my my personal Facebook account, not my page. Um, sure. And then same with Instagram. I have a, a personal Instagram where I show a lot of photos of behind the scenes stuff from filming or conferences we go to you know I, I take photos of lots of people i took lots of photos of you um when you were given your speech at that high school <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um but yeah we're we're always around all of our links can be found on our link tree so any of the social media accounts you can find the the link tree address there and then and we have that on today's program guide so people can find the link tree and, and yeah follow along on all the cool stuff that you're doing and then it's not just me. You can find all of the cast members, their Instagram, their Facebook, if they want it to be listed. Uh, Paige does her crystal business. That's on there. Uh, Sierra's on there. Steve's on there. Uh, he does competition Jeeps. So he's this really decked out Jeep where he does like the climbing and the show Jeep stuff. If you're into that, check out Steve. But uh, but yeah. Well, Larry, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we'll talk after the season four is filmed and running and we'll have yeah. to catch up at that point. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, folks, uh, that wraps up the episode, but I do want to take just a moment to address you again, and thank you. Um, 18 years, man, it's hard to believe, 18 years in this industry doing paranormal talk radio and all of the different iterations of the program, beginning over with Darkness Radio, Darkness on the Edge of Town, Paranormal Radio Show, broadcasting on KLBB AM 1440 in Minneapolis, St. Paul, where we started off on Sunday nights from 11 to midnight central. And then after a few months building to 10 to midnight and then living in that spot for about two, two and a half years until the station closed down and we made the leap over to KTLK 
which was uh, 100.3 FM in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Then it flipped over to the AM dial, and we were on uh, AM 1130 on KTLK. And uh, then leaving there, saying goodbye to radio and moving on to the new world of podcasting, joining the Jericho Network over on Podcast One and becoming Beyond the Darkness and being there for a number of years, then moving over to um, uh, Stitcher, and returning to the Darkness Radio title all the way up until two and a half, three years ago when I separated from Darkness Radio and became uh, the Paranormal 60. So for many of you that ask, yes, Tim and I are still in contact. Tim is the host uh, of the Darkness Radio Paranormal Podcast, and I recommend you continue to listen to and support that show. It is also his 18th anniversary, so make sure you go swing by his social media, Tim Dennis, and congratulate him on 18. Uh, years of amazing content and fun. Um, and uh, Tim, thanks for bringing me to the dance, man. It's been a great 18 years and uh, so much has happened and you will always be my friend and my brother. I miss you. I love you. And I will see you soon, my friend, that I guarantee. And to all of you out there, as the years continue to roll by, thank you for allowing me this far on your journey. And I hope that you'll see fit to allow me to continue as we go forward making the darkness just a little bit more light with the information that we share on this show. We'll be back Wednesday with a brand new episode of the Paranormal 60 News, and I believe full compliment in the house. That's right, the Colonel, Chachi, Sweet Tea, Dave, and Greg will all be here discussing the strange and the supernatural news from all over the world this past couple of days. Until then, thank you, stay safe, and may the blessings of 2024 fall upon you in positive ways, bringing you love, light, forgiveness, and happiness in abundance. I pray that for each and every one of you out there who spend time here on the Paranormal 60. forget to ring in 2024 in style get your tarot reading now divination done with love and lotus and winnie schrader for those of you watching go ahead and scan that qrc code on the screen or just go to paranormal60.com and click on the love and lotus tab there you'll find ways that you can book readings get your tarot reading now with winnie schrader